For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. To get up and get going, South Coast, it's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang, it's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back into the third and final hour here on Friday. And even though we played it earlier in we we even though we spoke to City Council President Linda Morad and Councilor at Large Naomi Carney earlier in the program uh, at six thirty because of Councilor Carney's work schedule, we are going to replay it for you now in its normal time slot. And I don't think I'll do this every time that Councilor Carney comes on early, but I, I figured I would do it at least this first time for those of you who haven't adjusted to that new schedule. And, of course, you can always hear these segments again in our podcast. Uh, but I'm going to play that for you now. So keep in mind that this was pre-recorded earlier, and you'll, you'll hear us make reference to the fact that it's, it's early in the morning. Just know that, you know, by this point, 8 o'clock in the morning, I, I personally feel like I'm halfway through my day. So <laughs> if I make reference to it being early, it's because it was 6.30 at the time. All right, it is time now for our discussion with New Bedford City Council President and Councilor-at-Large Naomi Carney. Uh, good morning, Councilors. How are you this morning, up and early and ready to go? And Good morning, Tim. Good morning. Good morning, Tim. And uh, and it's it's great to talk with you both so early in the morning, especially when I know that you had a meeting last night that, that probably you know kept you up a little bit past your bedtime. <laughs> yeah, it's been a crazy couple of weeks, that's for sure, with meetings and events and stuff like that. I know we've all been out and about quite a bit, but it's always a pleasure to talk to you. It looks like it's going to be another beautiful day. Absolutely. And so, what happened in the meeting last night, Council President Moore? What kind of things were discussed? So um, last night we had before us the loan order for the uh, taking of the Goodyear site for the new combined Duval school down in the South Bend. Uh, that item uh, is a loan order, so requires a couple of readings. So final action won't happen on that until our November council meeting. But we did pass that item last night to the finance committee so that we can discuss with the school department and the city's finance team uh, the appraisal that has been received back um, with regard to the cost that we should be paying for that parcel. So that was good. And then um, in front of us, we had a bunch of appropriations that the administration is looking to put back 
into the city's budget before we set the tax rate. Uh, they total almost the entire $8 million that the council cut uh, at the end of the June fiscal year. So those were referred to finance. We're going to hear those on November 13th. I'm looking forward to a robust discussion. I know Councilor Carney is as well with the administration as to why we're putting back, requesting to put back the entire $8 million that the council cut uh, versus, you know, trying to tighten the belt a little bit this year, especially since the budget that we did pass uh, would have a request from the administration for almost, for more than a $45 million increase in this fiscal year. Councilor Carney, I don't know if you have a feeling about that as well. Oh, oh, yes, I do. I mean, I was a big supporter of the $8 million budget cut. Um, and I was hoping that they could work within that budget. You know, the taxpayers have been calling us, as you know, uh, left and right about the high taxes and the property taxes. So that was an effort to alleviate some of the burden on our constituents when we did that. And now it seems like they want to put it back in instead of work within the budget. So um, it is going to be a good, robust over that one for sure. Well, yeah, and I'm I'm willing to listen, um, and I'm willing to put back uh, the difference in the new trash contract, which is about a million six uh, that's costing us more this year than it did last year. Uh, but you know, the rest of it, you, you've got to explain to me why, with all the vacancies we have in the city, and with uh, you know, and everything else that's going on, why you added you know, staff positions to last year's budget, why you did new incentives, and why you can't uh, tighten your belt in various areas to allocate uh, money for the cut that the council made. And as we've said more than once, you know, I've been there for a while, every year, every year, there's always money at the end of the year that we're moving around from department to department. Last year, that totaled almost $4.8 million. So. Uh, you know, again, I know that money's out there in the budget. I don't see why we need to put that back this year at this point in time and raise the taxes for the residents of the city uh, for money that we don't need to spend. Has, I mean, in your time on the council, Council President Moore, has there been a time where there weren't cuts that were made by the council, where the, the yes, budget came yes. in and you said, as is, it's fine? Yep, yep. actually there was um, Neil Lang's first year in office. Uh, the budget that he presented, the council passed without touching it. Uh, that's the only time, though. Every other time, there's always been tweaks here and there along the way. I mean, that's what good government is. It's uh, looking at things, uh, making your decisions about what you think is appropriate, et cetera. And uh, has there been this big a cut? I, I don't remember it being this big. There was a large cut. I think I would tell you it was somewhere between five and six million once before. But there's never been this kind of increase in the budget in my entire 20 years, uh, 18 years. I'm sorry. There's never been never been a $45 million increase. So it's, it seems... Exactly, and that's, and that's it. And that's it. This is a, from my um, recollection, uh, this is the biggest cut, the biggest increase that I've seen in a budget. And it's, it was just flabbergasting when it came by. I know everything's gone up, and I know that uh, prices continue to rise to this day, but still, that's, that's, that, but that was a huge, huge impact on the residents with that budget increase. Well, we'll certainly keep following along with that. And uh, it seems like there is um, 
the word the, the word I'm looking I, I'm trying to phrase this in a way where it doesn't sound accusatory in in some way that doesn't sound negative but it seems like this is trying to get kind of around the council's ability to make those cuts to say okay well you cut it but now we're going to find it we're going to put it back in and then we're going to just find a way to get it it's it's almost like again i don't want to make it sound negative but it sounds like it's you know saying that your authority in making these cuts doesn't matter we're going we're, we're yeah. just going to apply for these anyway you know what tim i you can say it in an accusatory way because the day after we cut the budget in June, I had my regular meeting with the mayor. And on that morning, he was telling me he intended to uh, submit a, a supplemental budget for the amount of the cut. And at that point in time, I told him that that was dead on arrival in the council. And for the last several months, I have been talking to him and his finance team about the fact that they need to tighten the belt. And I've been hearing from my colleagues as we talk about things in general that they're not comfortable putting back that $8 million cut. So it's going to be a very interesting discussion on November 13th. I look forward to it. Um, if those items and the uh, loan order for the new school will be the only things on that finance agenda. Another thing that's been a, a bit of a back and forth between the administration and the council has been in the hiring of new positions, being able to hire them at starting salaries that are above the initial step for hiring. And uh, there's a, a potential candidate for the treasurer's office that the administration may be looking to start at that higher step. So these, these discussions are going to be put into, into effect again for, for a candidate to try to come in at a step higher than step one. Council attorney. Yes. Um, you know, this is getting very aggravating to me. I don't know about my colleague, but we have been looking at salaries for several years now. Our personnel director went out and did a whole spreadsheet, and we included cities like Boston in the spreadsheet to, to elevate these salaries so we can be comparable to the market out there. Then all of a sudden we pass everything, everything's hunky-dory, just like we did before, then all of a sudden not. Now we can't hire people at the salaries that they did all this research on. Our personal department said spreadsheets. They worked hours and hours, weeks and months on these on these salary ranges. And all of a sudden now we, we're bringing people in. Now we got to go above the salary ranges. We just elevated them. So I wasn't very comfortable on, on doing that, starting people on higher steps after all the work we did. And we did get... You know, a lot of bashing for those raises from the, from, from the constituents. A lot of people weren't happy with what we did. But we were trying to get the, the best and the brightest into New Bedford and able to, to go out there and not grab them at the salaries that they're looking for. And now we, now we can't do that. So uh, it's, just, it's, it's very frustrating, Tim. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, again, Boston is in the mix of the salary ranges that we just elevated. And um, I just, I don't understand this. We're well above Fall River. We're well above, in some cases, we're above Brockton. Um, I don't understand why we can't hire somebody at step one. And, you know, again, uh, we try to make the, in, the increases fair and equitable for not only the people that were coming in to work for the city, but the people who had worked for the city for a long time, making sure all the directors were paid at the same level, et cetera. And we took a lot of heat from the constituency, but there's no discussion with the administration about how the administration continues to do this. Um, again, they're bringing someone in at a step other than one. What does that say to the person who's been here for the last three years 
who began on step one working? What does it say to the people who have been there a long time? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It doesn't seem to be fair and equitable. And this is the second hire, and it's the second time we've asked to bring somebody in at a step greater than one. I mean, but to be clear, the, the, the council as a body wouldn't be opposed to, you know, doing that for the right candidate in the right situation. But as you're saying, it just seems like this is, you know, circumventing those those numbers that, that, that they presented previously, that they're just trying to override that. But I, I'm sure if the right person came along in the right position, this would be something that would be considered. Yes, I think it would. That's why we put the ordinance in place that said, OK, um, we're willing to talk to you about this if you find the perfect candidate or if the uh, executive search firm that you're talking to says these are the unique circumstances. But again, this this is the second position and this is the second position that we're bringing in at a step other than one. But, you know, other departments or it will include ourselves when we hire in the city council office, those are all unit C people. They begin at step one. Um, so uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's, it's very frustrating and it's very disappointing from my position on the part of the administration. Well, uh, Councillor Carney, you are the chair of the uh, Committee on Appointments and Briefings, and uh, there was a discussion about there being uh, some issues with parking in the port area. What, what are some of the highlights of, of that discussion and what happened in the meeting this week? Uh, well, that one, that item is actually on the table. Councillor Pereira has been working very diligently. As you know, um, with all the turbines and vineyard wind and schooling, the waterfront has got extremely busy and the parking is becoming horrendous. Uh, the business that has been down there forever um, can't seem to get their trucks in and out, um, their flatbeds, it's, it's, just, it's just a nightmare for them and their employees who are involved with the park there, it's, it's, it's just a parking nightmare right now. So um, what came out of this is that we're giving an opportunity I guess Vineyard Wind um, and, and a couple of the other companies looking at an engineer to look at, see what, what they can do about the parking situation and the circumference of the trucks, how much room they need to come in and out, turning um, and with tables until actually Ryan Council Pereira gave them until December. But I did tell him that we have the November meeting and if something happens prior to that, let's get them on the November meeting. But going to put our foot down if they can't come up with a solution by December. Yeah, the Port Authority took the lead in saying that they would pull together a meeting with all the stakeholders uh, to have a conversation about right. the situation and to come up with some potential solutions because as Councilor Carney said, I mean, we've got long-time businesses down there that can't get their product in and out of their sites because of turn radiuses and because of the type of parking we have down there. We definitely need to fix that. We fixed one of the situations at the traffic commission last month, but we can't do this on a one-on basis. We need to we need to have a plan down there because obviously the waterfront is going to continue to expand over the course of the next several years. We want to be sure that the plan is in place now. Well, we we were talking earlier this week here on the radio about the the uh, zoning board meeting regarding the potential for the transit oriented districts and 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 the need to to have less parking in some of those areas and that the the zoning board just holds on to that to that rule that's in place that there should be two parking spaces for every residence and as we're looking you know parking is becoming more and more of an issue 
across the city, not just in, in that particular area, not just in these potential TODs, but everywhere. And, and it seems like we're as much as we're running out of space for for development, we're also running out of space for parking and for people to be able to, to have vehicles in the city. And so things like this don't don't really help with those issues. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, it, when, you're, when you're building a single family house, it's, it's not so much of an issue, but when you're building an apartment complex, et cetera, and the reality of it is that when you have a family living in a, in a unit, there's more than two cars. You know, both, both parents probably have a car, and then, of course, as the children get to be that age, uh, the, you know, New Bedford doesn't have public transportation. New Bedford relies on people being able to move themselves uh, from here to there by a by a private vehicle, so it really is an issue. But we, we have to we have to find a balance because we want to continue to develop uh, parcels. We want to you know have housing for our residents. But on the other side, as you said, parking is a nightmare everywhere, even in the established neighborhoods across the city. And, then, and people will suggest, well, m you know, more buses would solve the problem, but, but the buses have to be able to get around. And there's more cars on the road that'll hold up those buses that'll make people say it's not worth taking the bus. So it's a, yeah, a catch-22. Yeah. yeah. We even have issues from time to time with our trash hauler being able to get down streets because there's parking on both sides. And sometimes people will park too close to the corner and they can't, you know, turn the corner with the truck. Um, we've, we've had several situations in the last a year, year and a half that have caused an issue. Thank God we haven't had one. I mean, I'm sure there have been situations with police and fire trucks trying to get down streets, but we haven't had one that's ended up in a catastrophe, thank God. Well, I know, too, as, as we are on the cusp of the election, we're just uh, uh, really you know, less than two weeks away here. And as we are on the cusp of it, there's one, I believe just one more chance for people to get out and hear the candidates speak. Uh, that'll be Monday at, uh, at Keith Middle School. And first of all, I mean, I want to ask each of you just what, you know, from a non, you know, obviously in a non-campaigning capacity, but just getting out there and being able to, to hear from the people. Do you look at the people that are coming out that are engaged in these forums that you've been part of? And do you have confidence that there'll be more, you know, a, a more of a turnout this in this election? Or are you concerned that people might not necessarily come out to the polls? And uh, Councilor Carney, I'll start with you. Yeah, no, I, I do. I do believe I do have uh, a little faith in our, in our, in our public and our constituents here, the residents of Bedford, because they do believe we're going to get a better turnout. Um, I, I talked to a lot of people that did not go and vote in the primary. You know, it, it was several Several reasons, but they are going out and voting in the general election. So I'm hoping there was, uh, you know, people forgot, whatever the case may be, that it wasn't a big enough deal for them, um, that they'll be able to vote in the general. And, yes, I mean, I think it's, it's important. I, you know, I've attended all the debates when there's been debates out there with, with through the different wards. Um, that didn't include myself, yes. And I, and I want to see those voters, and I want to encourage them to, you know, get on the vote because if they're going to a debate and they want to hear the candidates, I know that they're going to be in the voting polls. Now it's time to see if we can get them to take two people or make a, several calls to see if anybody needs a ride to the polls and get them there also. Yeah. I mean, turnout, turnout of the forums has been disappointing. There haven't been a lot of people that are there listening. Uh, the last forum at the Keith Middle School was um, taped by cable access. So I know they're going to try to play that several times between now and the election. 
But, um, you know, those are long evenings, Tim, when you put all the races, including the mayor's race, on the agenda. When we were at Keith, we started at 6. I think we finished around almost 9, quarter past 9. That, that's a long time for people who have worked all day uh, to come and sit. The one on Monday, the 30th, um, the only candidates who will be uh, invited, who are invited to that, are the candidates from Ward 1, um, uh, our colleague Brad Mackey and his challenger, Leo Choquette. But uh, we'll be there. We always are there because we're wherever the constituency is usually, um, you know, talking to them, listening to them. But we'll see what happens on election day i'm i'm hopeful that more people will come out and they will uh you know support their candidate of choice the forums have been a little bit of a zoo we've had some um interruptions at all of them which is unfortunate especially the mayor's youth council one those um students are trying to do their civic responsibility it's just kind of disappointing that you know we continue to have these types of disruptions uh, happening whenever there's a gathering of elected officials. All right, well, hopefully pe people do get out and check that out, and hopefully everybody's going to come out to vote. Uh, next week, Council President Warren, you'll be back at your regular time, and you'll have Councilor Markey with you? I will. You will be with me, and um, we'll be uh, have a couple things to discuss with you. We won't have a committee meeting between now and then, but we always have some things coming up that I'm sure that your listeners will be interested in. And it'll be a lot easier on the dog. To, to come on at the normal time. So. Uh, I don't know about Connie's dog, but my dog's always been out for the walk. And, uh, you know, this time, this time change thing, um, it's so dark in the morning, but uh, she still wants to go out at her normal 5.36 o'clock. So. <laughs> well, thank you both for joining us. Councillor Carney, we'll let you get to work, and uh, and we will uh, we'll talk to you both very soon. Have a great weekend, and enjoy you, enjoy this unseasonably warm weather. Yeah, and Tim, again, we want to we want to thank you for accommodating us today. Um, you know, I, I I thought it was important to have Councilor Carney join us, um, and she hasn't been on in a while now because of her work schedule. And I very much appreciate you uh, changing your programming around a little bit to accommodate that. We do what we have to do. Yep, we do what we have to do for the people to to be able to hear the information. So thank you both, and have a great weekend. Good. All right, so that was Council President Linda Morad and Councilor at Large Naomi Carney. And uh, again, you know, always happy to, to change things around if we need to. And you know what changes things around sometimes for you? is life, right? Life comes and throws you all kinds of curveballs. That's why you need insurance. And Paul and Diction Insurance is the place to go to because they've seen it all. They've found ways to help people with it all over the many years, almost two centuries, that they've been offering insurance for the people of New Bedford. Their staff averages over 15 years of experience. They know the South Coast region and the challenges that people here face. They also have access to over 30 carriers, the largest selection of insurance carriers in the region. And that includes names that you know and trust like Arbella Insurance. So if you are looking for a new insurance carrier or maybe you just want to have a conversation and make sure that you actually have the best insurance for your dollar, well, then reach out to Paul and Dixon Insurance. You can stop by and see them. They're located at 388 County Street in New Bedford. You can also give them a call, 508-996-8593, or visit them online at pd-ins.com. That's pd-ins.com. Paul and Dixon Insurance, that is a name that you can trust. 
Another name that you can trust is Ariel Dorsey because she's got all the news for you in the WBSM newsroom, and we will go to her right now. The Coast Guard is joining the manhunt for a suspected mass shooter in Maine. The Coast Guard has deployed sea and air assets to help look for 40-year-old Robert Card. 18 people were killed and 13 others injured in the town of Lewiston after a shooter opened fire inside a bowling alley and a bar Wednesday night. The United Nations General Assembly is moving toward a vote later today on a resolution calling for the immediate and unconditional humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza. It also calls for opening corridors to aid can reach hundreds of thousands struggling in the Palestinian enclave as the war between Israel and Hamas rages on. A police oversight panel is asking Chicago's inspector general to investigate the police department's ties to extremist groups. Members of the Community Commission for Public Safety and Accountability voted last night to recommend the Office of Inspector General to investigate allegations that nine Chicago police officers are involved in extremist and hate-based organizations. Sam Bakeman Freed is expected to make what could be a risky move in his fraud trial this morning when he takes the witness stand in New York federal court. The founder and foremost CEO of cryptocurrency exchange FTX is accused of fraud after the exchange and its associated trading firm collapsed last year. The 2023 football season is over for Northwestern State University. The school in Northwestern Louisiana canceled the rest of its season on Thursday, two weeks after safety. Ronnie Caldwell was shot and killed. The Actors Union says it made some progress during Thursday's negotiations with major Hollywood studios. SAG-AFTRA members have reduced their demand for a first-year increase in minimum rates and said their focus is on negotiating in good faith to secure a fair deal for actors. In some parts of the U.S., there are laws against houses being too scary this Halloween. Mark Mayfield explains. Many homeowner associations have restrictions on how loud your Halloween sound effects may be or how late you're allowed to frighten people. In Phoenix, Arizona, there are zoning laws that prohibit decorations that are too loud or too bright. There are rules in Los Angeles against turning your home into a haunted house. And in some towns like Irvine, California, decorations that are too scary can incur a $500 fee. Legally, in the U.S., a trick-or-treater can sue a homeowner for scaring them too much and causing emotional distress. I'm Mark Mayfield. In sports, a former first-round wideout is joining the Patriots roster. New England signed wide receiver Jalen Rager to a deal on Thursday, and the Pats are hoping to build off last week's win over the Bills when they visit the Miami Dolphins Sunday afternoon. The Ducks handed the Bruins their first loss of the season after coming back for a 43-overtime win at TD Garden. Mason McTavish was credited with the game-winning goal after finding the back of the net just over two minutes into the extra frame. Charlie Coyle, Matt Grizzlick, and David Pasternak provided all of the team's offense in the second period. Boston will host the Detroit Red Wings tomorrow night. And the Celtics are ready for their home opener. Boston is playing host to the Miami Heat tonight at TD Garden. This is the first time the Celtics are facing the Heat since losing Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals on their home floor. The team will be looking to build off their season opening victory over the Knicks. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6.
Good to be with you, everybody, on this Friday morning. Unseasonably mild temperatures in the upper 50s with a light south wind. Afternoon near record temperatures in the upper 70s, lower 80s with plenty of sunshine. Overnight will stay dry, mild again in the 50s and lower 60s, and another stunner for tomorrow with plenty of sunshine by the afternoon, temperatures around 80. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Ceci del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. Make you up better than that extra large cup of coffee. No. More Tim Weisberg on WBSM. Well, actually, we're going to take a break because we're behind. But if you want to call in 508-996-0500, that's the number. You can also send us app chat messages, uh, including uh, some of the ones we got today. Uh, John in Fairhaven wrote in after his call earlier and said, Tim, not for nothing, but I'm curious if that caller can explain to me why we can't have deflation in today's economy, but in 2016, we can have food prices drop by 1.3% over the last 50 years, gas prices drop dramatically, and the cost of living. All in all, lower compared to the Obama administration, but that's not deflation, right? I would love to know why his explanation would be for why prices drastically dropped when Trump took over for Obama. And then Sketty sent in a message saying, Ariel is getting really good. So just wanted to pass that on. Got to take a break, though. We'll be back in a few moments. Yeah. talking about ghosts and spirits and you were made for drinking them yeah that's because i'll be at uh, i'll be at stevie's wine and spirits coming up from 10 to noon and you can join me over there and then join me again from four to seven for their whiskey tasting tonight but i'll be talking about some ghosts in between 508-996-0500 good morning you're next on wbsm good morning tim hello how are you Hi, hanging in. Um, I, is there going to be a fall festival in the bedford tomorrow because i saw something pop up on the phone uh, I'm not sure. Uh, do you know who was putting it on? Was it a city event or? Because I haven't yeah, seen the press what, release. That's what I thought. It, it was on the phone, but I don't know. Well, let me see. Can you find out? Oh, the uh, the DMB Fall Fest. Yes. So it's it's the, is- it's DNB Incorporate, DNB Inc. That's putting it on. So it's going to yeah. happen tomorrow from twelve fifteen in, in downtown New Bedford. Uh, sorry, twelve fifteen. Sorry, from twelve to five. In downtown New who, Bedford. Who's putting it on? DNB Inc., the downtown New Bedford group there. So what do they have and what do they do? Oh, they're going to have, uh, let's see here. There's a story up at uh, New Bedford Light about it. There's going to be, it's focusing on, you know, all the small businesses that are down there. But they're going to have a classic car show, Trunk or Treat, from noon to 3. A Halloween costume parade that'll leave City Hall at 3 and then head to the Whaling Museum. Fall beer and cocktail stations. Third Eye Unlimited Dance Party, Soil and Sun Plant Truck, Sorbet Frozen Treats Truck, Dorothy Cox Chocolate Truck, Face Painting, Henna Bar, Salted Silver Permanent Jewelry Bar, Scuttlebutt Apple Cider Donut Station, 
autumnal selfie station by Wicker and Flame, lawn games at the YMCA, and a performance from the New Bedford Perform- Performing Arts Center. So a lot of stuff going on tomorrow from 12 That's to 5. 12, 12 yep. to 5. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you. No problem. Have a good weekend. You as well. That's that's why I didn't know about it, because it's from DNB Inc., and I must not have seen that press release. Uh, sometimes um, they... So some people send it to my work email, my email, my Tim at WBSM.com and the news. Some people just send it to news. But if you ever have anything that you want us to know about, feel free to double up and send it to Tim at WBSM.com as well as the news email. Because usually I have both open on my computer all day and on my phone, but I usually am checking the Tim at WBSM.com far more often. 508-996-0500. That is your way to connect with me and uh, also to have your voice heard. Coming up, we're going to have Chris McCarthy on South Coast Now, and I'll be checking in with him from Stevie's Wine and Spirits so at the course of his program. And I'm looking forward to seeing if anybody will come back later from 4 to 7 for the whiskey tasting and try the Demon Seed whiskey that's what i'm want i want to see if you can try if you can take on the demon seed i did it the other day it's scorpion pepper ginger and maple syrup flavored whiskey and i know you would expect it to be spicy and i guess for some folks it probably is but it, it wasn't too spicy for me and i've actually lost my ability to really handle Heavy, heavy spice. My son can still do it, although ever since he took that one chip challenge, I don't think he's been as as brave about it. But I, I personally have been like, nope, I've learned my limitations. I only go so far. So I was a little bit worried about it, but it was fine. It was fine for me. Maybe not for you, but we'll see who comes over and tries it. And again, they're going to have some other things. The Paranormal Reserve Vodka, though. Anybody that's been looking for a bottle of that, they have one left. And you know how hard that is to find. If you're a a paranormal person or a vodka drinker, you know how hard that is to find. They have one left. And this is for the Annabelle edition. These are the ones that they created last year by putting vodka in the Ed and Lorraine Warren Occult Museum in Monroe, Connecticut, next to the Annabelle doll. The real Annabelle doll, not the one from the movie. The real Annabelle doll is is a Raggedy Ann doll. And so they put it in there in the museum with all these other haunted and cursed objects. And then they took the bottle of vodka and they put it into a wooden box that looks like a Ouija board that comes with a planchette. So even if you're never going to open this thing up and and drink it, it's going to look really cool on your shelf. And it may also be haunted. There's that too. They also have some uh, vodka that comes, it's green and it comes in a alien shaped skull like an alien head bottle of course they have your crystal head vodka as well that comes in the crystal skull bottle they've got and they've even got the little nips of that so if you wanted to have a little mini crystal skull bottle they've got all kinds of great stuff over there beer wine scotch bourbon whiskey and everything hard to find things that you can find anywhere else they don't have over 450 types of whiskey for nothing They've got the stuff that you can't find anywhere else. So head on over to Stevie's, hang out with me from 10 to noon, and then go back and hang out with me from 4 to 7. So I, I, as I always like to say, you know, after one of those library lectures, oh, man, I could use a drink. So I'm going to sample a few and then decide what I'm going to take home with me for the weekend. All right. So earlier in the program, we talked about the upcoming election dates in the city of New Bedford. 
and that today is your last day to be able to register to vote in the election coming up on November 7th. So if you have not registered or if you need to update your information, today at 5 p.m. is your last... And don't go in at 5 p.m. Don't be that person if you can help. But don't walk in two minutes before they're about to close and say, oh, I'm here to register to vote. I mean, I'm sure they'll probably have to stick, stick around a little bit late because there's going to be some people that try to get in at the last minute. But don't, don't be that person. Go early if you can and get it done so that you can vote in this election that will help shape New Bedford's future. And I think that there are more than 6% of the registered voters out there that are already invested in this election. So I think we're going to see that number, that turnout rise. But you heard Council President Morad talk about how concerning it was that some of these candidate forums, they weren't really well attended. Why is that? Is that I, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I think that so many groups step forward and try to put these on because they want to make sure that voters have enough opportunities to hear from the candidates. But I think that that also creates a little bit of a dilution of it. So I've, I've gone and covered the one that they do at the Gome School before that Buddy Andrade puts on. And, you know, and that's always packed with people. But that's because there haven't been as many as there have been this year. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, does that represent the people who are interested? I, I honestly think that people who aren't decided in who to vote for, I don't know that they go to candidate forums. You know, I think they're looking online. They're listening in on the radio. They're reading articles. They're trying to figure it out from that perspective. And then they're going to go in and make a somewhat informed choice when they get into the voting booth. I think the people who show up to candidate forums, at least in my experiences of covering them, are the people who either are kind of hardcore political junkies or the people who are there because they are really concerned with a single issue. So you have a Ward 1 candidate forum. Obviously, everybody that has a, something to say about parallel products is going to be at that forum. And I guess that's what's going to be going on Monday. They're going to be focusing on the Ward 1 race. So that's going to be one where you're going to have a big turnout of people who are concerned about that. By the way, I went up there because I, I know the area, but I'm not familiar with the area. Like, I couldn't picture it in my mind. I could kind of picture it in my mind. I like, I like going out that way for a nice ride or, you know, I go that way a lot taking 140. So I'm, I'm familiar with the exits, but I was like, what exactly is the path that these trucks will follow? And so I drove that the other night when I was up that way, I was just, I was waiting for some food from the Chinese restaurant. And so I, I said, I'm going to just take this, make this drive and see like what it'll be. And then you do realize just how much of an impact it will have on residents there to have trucks going by all day in addition to the trucks that are already going by each day. But it's that's going to bring people out and they're going to have something to say about that. But I think a lot of these candidate forums, you know, they're good to put on. It's good to have people hear about what these candidates have to say. But I don't think that that audience there is going to be indicative of how many people are going to show up to vote. Let's uh, take a call here. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hi, good morning. How are you? But I think that Morad is right 100% because everybody's got their voter base or their beehive. 
And you got to get that beehive really active and depend on them to bring out the vote because you get people excited and they're going to bring somebody with them to go to a voting booth. Nobody likes to uh, vote alone or go to the movies alone. And I think Moonrad's 100% right. Uh, the voter base is there for you. But if you don't get them excited like a beehive, you're not going to bring much of a sting on election day. And I, I really think that uh, she's on to something. I don't agree with a lot of her policies. Some of her common sense can't be beat. Hey, thank you very much. All right. Thank you. You have a good day. And uh, I do have to take a break. We will be back in just a few moments. All right. Hey, listen, it's the weekend, right? It's going to be a really nice day today. It's going to be a nice day tomorrow. It's a great time to get out there and have yourself some breakfast. And head on out to Just Another Phoenix because they're going to be releasing their list of specials for the weekend a little bit later on on their Facebook page. So keep an eye on that on the Just Another Phoenix Facebook page to see what fall flavor inspired specials are going to have this weekend. And then go out and treat yourself. Have some pumpkin pancakes. I know they'll have those. I don't know what else they're going to have, but they'll definitely have pumpkin pancakes. You can go and get yourself a delicious fall breakfast. Get yourself prepped and ready for the Halloween, the weekend before Halloween. So it's it's really Halloween weekend as far as I'm concerned. If they can take Christmas and make it an entire week, I can take from now until Tuesday and make it all Halloween. I'm going to make that executive decision. So get out there and have yourself some delicious breakfast. Start your day off right. If you don't have time to hang around in the restaurant and spend because you've got other things going on, things you got to get done on the weekend, that's cool you can just go through their drive-through window and get their full breakfast right there from the drive-through window so it's not just pulling up and getting a bagel sandwich or a mcmuffin sandwich or a donut or whatever you can get a full breakfast through their drive-through window we're talking omelets we're talking pancakes french toast all kinds of great stuff and they have some of the best home fries around so i think you'll really enjoy it treat yourself to a breakfast at just another phoenix coming up this weekend they're located on fawns corner road in north dartmouth and uh listen i gotta get up bright and early tomorrow and head to holbrook and i know i'm gonna have some linwood pizza for lunch but i think i might have to go to just another phoenix before i head up to holbrook i think i gotta get some of those fall breakfasts before it's too late so maybe you'll see me there. All right. I only have about a minute or so left here until we will give way for uh, Chris McCarthy and South Coast now. I just want to tell you, normally we'd be talking with Eric from the butcher shop. We would have come on and tell you about all of the weekend specials, all of the great food that you can get over there uh, heading into the weekend. But I want to make you aware of the fact that next week, the butcher shop will be closed for the week. They're actually going to close down beginning on Sunday for the week. Eric's going to join us next week and we'll talk more about what will be coming up. But for now, they will be closed this upcoming week. So I just want to make you aware of that. If you were planning on heading on over and getting some meats and getting ready for the week ahead, you're going to want to make sure you do that today or tomorrow because on Sunday they're going to close and they'll be closed for the week. The butcher shop is located at 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. Stop on by and stock up because you know you're not going to be able to get anything for a few days for the, for, the, for all of the next week. So get it now. Get those celebrity pork chops, those sirloin steaks, those giant chicken wings. Get yourself some Terrace Major or you know what? Treat yourself to a tomahawk steak. One of these days when I have time to cook it and sit down and eat it, I'm going over there and I'm getting one of those. If not soon, definitely for my birthday. So we're just coming up in January. Chris will... For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus... 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.